Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Tough Questions. When we follow Jesus as our Lord, we do so by faith, but not blind faith. So somewhere along the way, questions will arise. That's good because seeking answers will help us grow deeper in faith. Tough Questions tackles some of the difficult questions people have about Christianity. During the past several months, as we transition to live streaming our services on Sundays, we have created an online library of videos. If you're interested in listening to or watching any of our previous messages, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. However, moving forward, these messages will be available as part of our sermon podcast as well. Enjoy. Well, welcome, Valley Brook. Whether you're joining us in our campus in Granby or online, we're glad you're here and we're looking forward to this time together. We've been praying about this weekend uh, all week long as we do every week, so we're glad you're here. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about prayer. And, you know, if you're logging on to Valley Brook or if you're here, you need to recognize that, that Valley Brook is the answer to many prayers that have been prayed over decades. And you need to know this, that that some of those answers didn't come in the way that they were visioned. They were answered according to God's will. And so this morning, we're going to look at this tough question about prayer. And this is the question. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Now, how many of you have prayed a prayer and trusted that God would answer it And God didn't do what you wanted. How many of you have begged and pleaded for God to do something and God didn't do it? How many of you have wondered why God answers people's prayer, other people's prayers, but not your own prayers? You you know, when it comes to prayer, many of us do not have a full biblical understanding of what the Bible tells us what prayer is and how prayer works. In fact, to many people, they look at praying to God sort of as that uh, genie in a lamp kind of thing, you know, that, that if you uh, make that request to God, that, that God's going to grant that wish that you've asked him. So let's dive in and, and let's look at this. this. The first thing I want to do is talk about God's part in our prayers. So scripture tells us that God wants us to pray, that God wants us to be in communication with him, and that God wants us to make our requests known to him, and he'll answer it. And this is how Jesus taught it. He said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, you don't have to be a parent to understand this. If a child asks you for something to eat out of basic compassion, you're going to give that child something to eat. So when we look at prayer, we look at it as uh, we want God to do something for us, to, to answer our prayers, to give us what we want. Now, again, many of us look at as God as operating like a, a genie in a lamp. Tell the genie what you wish and poof, the genie, God, should grant your wish. But that's not always how it happens. 
here's the truth that we all need to know. God answers every single prayer we pray. Now, some of you are pushing back on that. Say, wait a minute, I prayed some prayers and God has not answered them. So let me, let me tell you what I mean. Um, God answers every single prayer we pray. Those answers come in one of three ways. They can be yes, they can be no, or they can be wait. You know, not yet. So let's look at those three answers and look at God's part in our prayers. Let's talk about yes answers first. John, the apostle who was one of Jesus' disciples, writes this. He says, we are certain that God will hear our prayers when we ask for what pleases him. And if we know that God listens when we pray, we are sure that our prayers have already been answered. So John's telling us three things about what Jesus said about prayer. First, God hears our prayers. Second, God listens when we pray. He's paying attention. Third, God answers when we pray. And how do we know this is talking about prayer that's being answered with a, a yes answer? Because of that little phrase at the end of verse 14 that says, God hears our prayers when we ask for what pleases him. When we ask for what pleases God. Now that falls right in line with what Jesus taught the disciples. On two different occasions, he gives them similar instructions. He says this, he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything in my name and I will do it. And then a little later, he teaches them this. He says, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Now that gets us all excited because we want God to answer all our prayers with yes. And Jesus is making it very clear that God answers prayers with yes when they're glorifying to God and when they're within God's sovereign will for us. So when Jesus says, ask in my name, he's basically saying, if you're going to ask in my name, you're asking in accordance with God's will. You're, you're saying, God, I want this to be done according to your will. So when we pray a prayer and God answers it with a yes, we can know without a doubt that the prayer that we prayed and that God has answered with a yes is within God's will for us. So that's a yes answer. Now, if it's within God's will when he says yes, the opposite is true when God says no. It's not within God's will. So let me share with you. When we started Valley Brook back in the year 2000, we started saving money for a future building. And now in those first couple of years, some land came available and we thought we should purchase it. Now, as I reflect on that decision quite candidly, you know, it was a, a logical decision. We needed land to build a building. This land was available. It was frontage land on a main thoroughfare in the town, so we should buy it. But the thing that really I recognize in hindsight was, while it made logical sense, from a prayerful sense, was this what God wanted us to do? You know, as Valleybrook continued to grow, we bought that land, as Valleybrook continued to grow, and we began to get bigger, I had an had a idea, a thought that continued to, to roll through my head that, that I really didn't share publicly for a long time. But that thought was, is the land we bought 
big enough to build a building that will allow us to continue to do what we're doing at the size that we are. Now that idea drove me to spend more time praying about a building. Um, you, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, it didn't look like it was, it didn't feel like it was big enough. Some of the land was wetlands and it couldn't be built on. And, and so, you know, it, it was something that just kept rolling around in my head. And, and so as I began to pray about it, I, I learned about a Christian man in town who had quite a, a large number of acreage on the same main thoroughfare. And so I, I began to wonder, wow, I wonder if I could talk to him. I wonder if he would uh, sell us his land or swap land or, or something like that. And so I began to pray about it and I finally got up the courage to call him up and ask him to meet with me. Well, the first no was number one, he wouldn't meet with me physically. Uh, but then I, I uh, asked him if his land was for sale, and that was the second no. It was not for sale. So I was discouraged, but then about a month later, I said, you know what? I would love to go and pray on that land. I would love to go and walk on that land, not just to see what it looked like, but to pray over it and ask God to give us that land. So I called him up and I asked him for permission to walk on his land and he said I could. So I went and uh, walked on it with a friend and we prayed over it and you know uh, not long after that I called him back up and I, I explained to him my concerns about our current property and I you know I asked him what he thought and his answer was still no. Um, Again, very discouraging, uh, very discouraging because, uh, you know, I, I was determined that we needed a, a bigger alternative to be able to do what we were doing. But as we continued to do what we did as a church, we, you know, continued to bring people to Christ. We continued to disciple people. We continued to work with students and children and, and run life groups and do all the things that, that you know about. One of the things that was always in the back of my head was, you know, people want to know when, when we're going to build. And so one of the logical steps along the way was, well, let's just talk to a bank because you need to know this about Valleybrook. You need to know this about yourself. You've always been generous. You've been responsive to give as God calls us to give. And so at this time, we actually had over a million dollars in a dedicated fund for a building. And so I was pretty uh, excited about, you know, just even talking to a bank about getting a loan because at this point we had had an architect draw up some plans for a building. So we went to the bank and uh, he told them what we had and how much it was uh, going to cost. And they said, nope, we're not going to give you a loan. So, you know, here I've been praying about this and uh, we were getting no's left and right. And, and in, in my heart of hearts, I was just struggling to decide about, was this the right place for us? I got no to a loan, no to uh, another piece of property. And, and, you know, candidly within my heart, I was going, God, I'm not sure this is where you want us to, to build. So, so that was another no. So what do you do when you get a no answer? You keep trusting. You keep praying. You keep following God. You keep on praying for guidance. I, I appreciate the words of one Christian writer who wrote this. No is one of the hardest answers we can receive. But once again, it is important to remember that God is all-knowing and is aware of the entire timeline of history. He knows every possible outcome of every possible choice and every possible situation. We do not. He sees the big picture. We see a partial picture. 
Now, in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is, uh, that's a scripture that a lot of people love to memorize, but let's just look at verse 5. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So when you get a no to a prayer, you need to trust in God with all your heart. And don't lean on what you think should happen. In fact, trust that God has a better answer by saying no, that, that it's not in his will for God. Now, candidly, when it came to our building plans, hearing God say no, honestly, that wasn't the hard part. What was hard was trusting God would make clear to us what we should do next. You know, so now what? And so my prayers began, God, what are we supposed to do? You know, give us some guidance, give us some direction. That's what I found most difficult because I sensed that God, after he gave us a no, was giving us a wait, not yet, a wait. So let's talk about that. Waiting can be hard. Again, it requires trust and it requires patience. Now, listen, I have a mixed experience with patience. Uh, I, I'm not great at patience, but, but I, as I was preparing this message, I was thinking about when, when uh, God was calling Cynthia and me to, to plant a church that ultimately became Valleybrook. Um, we uh, were convinced that this is what God had led us to do. And during that process, as we prayed, we received several no answers and several wait answers. But after every answer, one thing was very clear, the next steps. So there was something for us to do in the waiting. This waiting was easier because candidly, Honestly, it was just me and Cynthia that were doing the waiting. But when it came to waiting to know what to do next for a building and you're leading a congregation of over 400 people and so many different expectations, it's exponentially harder for me, at least it was. When we were trying to take the next steps to build and we kept getting an answer of no or wait, that was harder because we wanted to be able to cast a vision and a vision of wait is not an inspiring vision. God knew what God was doing, of course. And during that waiting period, as I've said earlier, there was a lot of ministry to do. Nothing stopped. We didn't sit around and twiddle our thumbs and go, wow, I wonder what we should do next. There was so much to do. But at the same time, there was this nagging idea. It's like this vision of wait is a deflating vision. Yet, in Scripture, time and time again, we are told as followers of Jesus Christ to be patient and wait on God, to not run ahead of God and try to, to do your own thing, to try not to force things to happen, to try not to, to, to do what you think you should do, but wait on God. We're told to wait for God. We're told to wait for God to guide. We're told to wait for God to act, to wait for God to rescue. In Psalm 27, it says this, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, wait for the Lord. Now, it's important to know that when God says wait, it, as I said earlier, it's not a time to sit around and twiddle our thumbs. It's a, it's a time to be patient. It's a time to be 
faithful. It's a time to be obedient in what God has told you to do thus far. And it's a time to grow in your faithful obedience to God. So back in 1998, when we received those no's and then that wait, uh, we sensed that the call to plant a church had not gone away, but this wait was there. And so we determined that we were going to learn everything we could about planting a church. We were going to, I was going to go back to school and learn about planting churches because in my sense of calling, I had a calling, but candidly, I had no training. And so that's what we did. You know, it, it was something that we recognized that we needed to wait, but also learn and grow in faith and obedience and knowledge. Now, we sort of slipped into our part. So let's go from God's part to our part in prayer. So let me go back to that tough question. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? I could rephrase it this way. Why doesn't God answer my prayers the way I want him to answer them? I mean, isn't that more accurate? Why doesn't God answer my prayers the way I want God to answer them? Look, when we ask God to keep a loved one from dying and, they, and God doesn't, when we ask God to heal us from sickness and God doesn't, when we pray for a job and we get passed over, when we ask God to restore a marriage or a friendship and it stays broken, we all say, God, why didn't you answer these prayers? These are painful questions. What scripture tells us is important for us to understand, though, listen, as, as we look at this, if somebody's struggling with that unanswered prayer, depending on what it is, it's, it's not the time to educate them on this. It's a time just to listen and, and walk with them. But here we go. The reality is, is that God is a good father who wants to answer our prayers, but he will only answer those prayers according to what his will is for us. He will not do something that violates his sovereignty. If we trust that he's in control over the entire world, he's not going to violate his plan. The Apostle Paul shares his own story of an unanswered prayer for healing. He talks about what he calls his thorn in the flesh. And scholars don't know specifically what it was, but, but all of them would agree it must have been some type of illness because it was physically painful to him. And this is what he prays. He says, you know, I asked God three times. I pleaded with him to, to take this thorn in the flesh away. And God's answer was no. And this is what he sensed God say with that no. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. You know, we have to trust that God knows what is best, even in painful, unanswered prayers. Prayers that don't go the way we plan. We need to remember that, you know, we're, we are, as followers of Jesus, we are foreigners and strangers when it comes to the kingdom of this earth because we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And ultimately, that's where we will spend eternity. When we're praying for direction, when we were praying for direction for building this church and the answer continually was no and wait, we had to trust God. 
Now, to me, this felt like a time of weakness of vision and direction, but we had to trust that God had a plan for us. We had to be patient, even though we didn't know what to do next. And that was hard. That was confusing. That really was hard for me to be able to lead through that season. But if you know anything about the story of Valleybrook, you'll know that in 2011, uh, we were approached by a couple who had an estate in Granby, and they were looking for a ministry to donate it to. And that estate had 85 acres, and it had a 32,000 square foot riding arena, excuse me, 42,000 square foot riding arena. It had an 8,000 square foot house on it, and, and a whole lot of other things. And they came to us, and they said, we were wondering if you could use this facility to become your church. <laughs> um, you know, I had prayed a prayer like that. It just wasn't about the same location. God had a plan. God had a, had a reason for those no answers. God had a reason for those wait answers. And we said, yes, we would gladly accept their gift and then when it came time to convert this equestrian center into a church, we had to go back to the bank because we had to get a loan. And guess what the bank said this time? They said, yes, we had to wait. Now, uh, I appreciate what Pastor Mark Batterson writes about prayer. He's written an, an amazing book called The Circle Maker. And in it, he reminds us of a very important insight about prayer. He says this, praying hard is two-dimensional. It means praying like it depends only on God, which it does, but it also means working like it depends on you. Now, let me make it clear here. I'm not saying that we can make something happen, but if we're asking God to do something in our lives, then we need to know that we need to still walk in faith and obedience in that direction that we're asking God to answer that prayer in. Remember, Jesus calls us to follow him. And that requires activity. That requires motion. That requires being engaged. So uh, we need to be active and not passive. Being passive is, is really just, you know, sitting back and twiddling your thumbs, waiting for it to happen. But being active is getting engaged in what you're asking God to do. Now, if this sounds counterintuitive to you, when I talked about waiting for God, it's not. Waiting on God is not passively doing nothing. Waiting on God is being actively engaged in believing and trusting and following God while we wait for him to guide and answer. So there's several ways that we can be actively engaged in prayer. First thing we need to do is we need to persist. The, the Bible tells us that when Jesus went to teach his disciples about prayer, he used this story. And I'll, I'll read it to you from the Gospel of Luke. And it's set up with the first verse. It says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should pray and not give up. And this is the story he tells. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't continually, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. 
And the Lord said this, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus is telling us that when it comes to prayer, we're supposed to persist and never give up until, God's an- until God answers. We're supposed to be faithful and demonstrating that faithfulness. Why? Because God wants to see that we are faithfully following him and trusting him. God wants to be in a relationship with us where we will persist in pursuing him. God isn't interested in a magic genie relationship where we just call out to him, what we need, so he'll grant that wish. God wants us to trust and persist in prayer with him. Now, persisting in prayer means also this, that we need to participate. Jesus talked about his servants being prepared to carry out the master's will in Luke 12. And this is what he says. If God has been generous with you, he will expect you to serve him. But if he has been more than generous, he will expect you to serve him even better. So if God is generous and answers your prayers, he expects you to participate in that prayer's answer. Now think about this for a moment. When we ask God by praying to him, we're asking for his will to be done in our lives. Have you ever thought about that? When you're asking God to do something. Ultimately, you're asking for his will to be done in your life. Now, I know we go to God with a specific idea of what the answer should be, but we're asking ultimately for him to be active in, his li- in our lives, in his sovereignty for his will to be done. God's never going to answer a prayer that goes against his will. So if we're asking God to answer our prayers, what are we doing to be a part of that? I mean, if it's God's will for us, it means there's more for us to do when God answers that prayer. What does praying for God's will to be done require of us? Let me share with you a a rather sobering thought, again, from Mark Batterson. He says, one reason many people get frustrated spiritually is that they feel like it should be easier to do the will of God. The will of God doesn't get easier, he writes. The will of God gets harder. Here's why. The harder it gets, the harder you have to pray. It's about being engaged in a relationship. It's about receiving more blessings that come with more responsibility, and it will require more of you. So when you pray and you ask God to help your child come to faith in Jesus or to come back to faith in Jesus, we know that's God's will, but You're asking God for his will to be done in your child's life. So what is God's will being done in their lives require of you? What's your relationship with like your child? Is it a positive relationship where you're being a good witness to them about your faith in Jesus? Or are you being a bad witness about your faith in Jesus? You want them to come to faith in Jesus, but what is your witness to them? How are you encouraging them? What are you doing along the way to see God's will to be done in their lives? How are you participating? 
If you're in a relationship or a marriage that's, that's not going well and you're asking God to restore it, to heal it, what are, what are you doing to make that relationship better? If it's a marriage, what are you doing to cherish your spouse? What are you doing to build them up? What are you doing to encourage them? What are you doing to work on it? If it's a relationship that's broken, what are you doing to bring healing into it? How are you participating in what you know is God's will? Whatever you're praying for and asking God to do in your life, what are you doing to participate in that answered prayer? You're not going to make God answer the prayer. But if it's his will to be done, then you need to be actively engaged in that. You see what I mean? Praying for God to do something in our lives means that we believe it's God's will. God doesn't do things that aren't his will. So that means that God wants to use us as we participate in our part, our side of the prayer. That's part of God's plan for us to be actively engaged with him. God calls us to participate in that prayer. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. So think about that with, with regards to how God answered this prayer for this church called Valleybrook. Along the decades... There were answers of yes, and there were answers of no. And there were answers of wait. Along the way, we had to decide, are we going to trust God in the no times as well as in the yes times? Or are we going to trust God when we had to wait? Are we going to be faithful and obedient? Are we going to still move forward helping people come to faith in Jesus Christ and to grow deeper in their faith and do things that build the kingdom of God? Is our Ministry all about having a building? No, it wasn't then and it's not now. Praise God for this gift, but this gift is a tool, not for our glory, for God's glory. We are continuing to participate in his will, in his answer of yes for this building. And that involves all of us who call Valley Brook our church home, whether we worship online or we worship here in the building. We have the opportunity to participate in God's will continuing to be done through the ministry of Valley Brook. And I want to encourage you to engage in that. I want to encourage you to be in prayer for God's will to be done through this ministry. In fact, through all ministries. Ask God, what does he want of you? Now, for some of you, that's going to start very simply from the standpoint where you say, well, you know, I've really never made a commitment to follow Jesus. I've never really taken that time to say, Jesus, I believe in you and I want to follow you. So I want to enter into a time of prayer where I'm going to give anyone, whether you're here or online, the opportunity to tell Jesus you believe in him and you want to follow him. But then I'm going to pray for all of us that we would be engaged in God's continuing will to be done through the ministry of Valley Brook and in our lives. So wherever you are, if you'd bow your heads, let me lead us in prayer. Look, if you've never prayed to tell Jesus you believe in him and you want to follow him, very simply, I want to encourage you to, to pray these words. You can put them in your own words, but very simply, I'll give them to you a phrase at a time. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. Just pray that silently to him wherever you are. I believe Jesus died to pay for my sins. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And today I commit myself to following him. 
And we're going to conclude that part of the prayer. But now for all of us, Father, we thank you that you have worked in our lives, that you've led us to this time and this place in our lives where we recognize that you're working in our lives. You're working your sovereign will out in our lives. And we want to be a part of that, Lord. We want to be engaged in that. We want to be engaged in the ministry of the kingdom of God and pointing people towards you and and helping people grow in their faith and furthering your work on earth beginning in our individual lives but also in our corporate lives as the church. So Lord, speak to us. We're your servants. We're listening. Speak to our hearts about your will for our lives. Guide and direct us. Lord, we want you to work in our lives so that you are glorified and that whatever is happening in our lives, we can genuinely know It can be done in the name of Jesus because it fulfills your will and glorifies your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with a final song. It's called In My Life. And we're going to sing the song about in my life, God, we want you to be glorified. Everything we want to do, we want it to be worthy of him. So wherever you are, if you'd stand up and sing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.